0: Welcome back to c Red UK, a UK based Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Matt, and as usual, I'm joined by Neil, and today we've got a guest that's taken us a, a long time to get on. So how are we doing Neil?
1: I'm good, Matt. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, a bit strange recording on a Saturday. Um and I'm in the smaller office today. I'm actually sat in my car on my drive, so I feel like you now. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's cramped, isn't it? <laughs> um Obviously, as I've just alluded to, we have got uh, a guest who has taken us a long time to get on due to mainly the time zones, because he's eight and a half hours in the future. And that guest is Troy, all the way from the land down under in Australia. How are we doing, Troy?
2: I'm good, lads.
1: How are we going? Good, thanks. Good to have you yeah.
0: on. Yeah, like I say, it's finally, on, finally. Yeah, it's, uh it's been a long time coming, obviously, I know you've Been a a long-time supporter of what we're doing and you've been desperate to get on, just as much as we've been desperate to get you on. Um, Mainly to show how diverse the Bulls nation is, I'm I'm guessing. So, yeah, it's uh, took a bit of work and hence why we're recording on a Saturday morning. But, as usual, I'll get into any latest Bulls news to start us off. Uh, Since last recording on Thursday... There hasn't been any, apart from at some point last night, it dropped that ESPN are reporting Lonzo Ball isn't going to be fit for training camp or the start of the season. And that comes on the back of Casey Johnson saying at the start of the week that he's got positive updates. So uh, I'll pass it to you, Troy. What do you make of that?
2: Yeah, it was definitely disappointing to see that Lonzo is potentially going to miss the start of training camp and also the start of the season. Um, but obviously, I think after the way things went last season, it's probably more ideal to have him back healthy, ready to go in the back half of the season, and hopefully the playoffs, where he's more important to us than, you know, say like the first 20, 30 games of the season potentially.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll let you say, Neil, what you think and then. I'll finish it off.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like you say, Casey Johnson came out at the start of the week and we were all kind of like, yay, okay, it's all great. And then the ESPN released last night that, uh, okay, now it's more doom and gloom. It's hard to know where we're at, I guess, until we get an official statement from the Bulls themselves. Um, but uh, as Troy says there, if he is going to miss time, it is probably better for him to miss um, the earlier part of the season as opposed to the latter end of the season. Plus, um, I suppose we have uh, we have Goran to come in and, and fill in for him off the back of a great European campaign.
0: Yeah, with his 19 points.
1: Well, at least we know exactly what we're going to get on the stat sheet from him every game.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, I think you two have just pretty much summed everything up there. It's... It's just wait and see, you know. I think it's said in the ESPN report is due back in Chicago next week for an assessment. I guess that'll be the ultimate decision, and yeah, hopefully we will see him at training camp.
2: Yeah, but hopefully, you know, hopefully we get something more definitive about what's going on with his knee as well.
0: Yeah, it's certainly a worry, and it just don't seem to go away. But hopefully, well,
1: I'm just hoping they're not going to come out and say that it requires further surgery.
0: That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Worst case um, scenario. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much it for any news that dropped. Obviously, the big news in terms of Bulls is the fact that uh, this weekend it's the first ever Bulls Fest. Um, I know we've all listened to the Nothing But Bull podcast work with Camille on it, who obviously has a big part in organising it. Seen it all on the socials. We're all in contact with people that are attending, I'm guessing. And, yeah, it looks amazing. And, obviously, us three are not jealous one bit that we yeah, can't yeah. go on. Not at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no jealousy
2: whatsoever.
0: <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right. I've done it on the socials and, you know, I wish everyone that is attending, I hope it's it's as good a day as it promises or weekend as it promises to be. Um. Yeah, I think it just goes to show... The fact that we're sat in, well, I'm sat in my car on my drive. Neil's sat in his car in Ireland, and you're down in Australia. You know, it's nine o'clock in the morning here. It's what five, well, nearly coming up six o'clock for you, Troy. Yeah, yeah it's about
2: quarter to six.
0: And Chicago are still in bed, waiting to wake up and go to Bulls Fest. So that kind of leads us into talking to you about what it's like to be a fan in the future, I'm guessing, because, you know, you're just about starting your day when or halfway through your day, are you, when the games tend to tip off?
2: Yeah, so t- generally, I think, like, say the, if the games in Chicago are tipping off at like 7 p.m. Central Time in Chicago, that's, you know, trying to do a, a rough translation of what time that is here. There could be like probably 10.30 in the morning, maybe 11 o'clock uh here in Adelaide. Um, so for me, that's basically Mill's smack bang in the, in the middle of my working day, getting around the, the beautiful streets of Adelaide as a courier. Um, so generally, for me personally, um, I generally don't get to watch the games until like, I, uh, probably 8 p.m. my time. Uh, so the games are already done, have already been like over and done with for about six hours, maybe more, depending on what time the game started, where, what city they're they're in. Um. So yeah, I'm generally well behind. So I, I try and stay off the off the socials all day while the while the game's on, so I don't ruin it for myself, and I can get home and just once the kids go to bed, I can sit back and chill and watch the game,
0: and hopefully enjoy.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Which is, last
2: <laughs> yeah. last season was definitely much more enjoyable than the previous five.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, we've spoke before about what it's like being there. Well, a, a UK-based fan and obviously a European-based fan with the time zones, and it's obviously early morning tip-offs for us. And it, like, if if we didn't watch them live, we'd then have to stay off the socials all day the following day to then be able to sit down at, like you say, in the evening to to watch them. And to me, that just it wouldn't be an enjoyable experience because. Well, especially with trying to keep socials updated as well. it's Yeah, trying to stay off the socials to keep them updated, it just wouldn't work. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Are you uh, a 90s bull then, like the rest of us?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm, to age myself now, I'm 36 years old. So basically, I got into the bulls when... Back in, like, 94, I want to say it was, uh, Michael was off playing baseball, swinging those, those curveballs. Um, so, yeah, like, basically what got me into, into basketball in general was that, um, you know, growing up, I was living in Perth. Uh, I had some next-door neighbours, kids that were playing basketball, and I thought that looked like a bit of fun. So I started getting into that. And then as I got to know more about the sport itself, um, getting around, you'd see some NBA gear. And generally, it was always like stuff with like backpacks with a a team logo on it. So it was generally always like the Bulls, the Lakers and the Hornets. So like back in the mid-90s. And I took a liking to the Bulls logo. So that's essentially how I became a Bulls fan because I liked the logo more than the Hornets and the Lakers. And, yeah, it basically just grew from there, and I became obsessed with, like, Michael and Scotty. Like, I didn't even get to see a Bulls game until 96, um, and I still remember that game quite vividly, like Jordan dropping 38 on Houston. So that was my first taste of watching Bulls basketball.
0: Yeah, and obviously you've gone through the same struggles as us for the last however many years of it wasn't easy accessible in terms of obviously now we've got league pass and stuff like that. And obviously yeah. the social media. So how was that trying to keep up to date with oh. everything while <laughs> without the internet and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, for me personally, it was basically near on a possible, like over, over here, you generally see the teams that are like the big teams, the ones that are winning. So, um, got to catch a couple of like the end of Michael's career uh, with Chicago. And then obviously he retired for a bit. And then there was nothing about the balls whatsoever because Michael was gone. He was retired. And then basically trying to keep up with anything was near and impossible. So for me personally, um, I basically had to watch what whatever was on being, whatever was being broadcast over here And generally at that time, it was like the Lakers, um, like Shaq and Kobe, then like the Raptors with Vince Carter and those guys. So it's pretty much that's – for me, that's what I had to enjoy. I had to – no, so I took a liking to Shaq, um, like, like Vince Carter, Kobe, and all those guys. And then Michael came back and started playing for the Wizards. So Michael's back on TV again. I'm like, yes, I get to watch Michael again, you beauty. Um, so, yeah, obviously during that, those couple of years, you know, I was supporting Washington, but obviously it, you yeah, know, really it was supporting Michael, not really the Wizards. And then basically, you know, we had a newspaper over here that was released once a week, I want to say, and, he, you know, you just check out the box scores and go, yeah, oh, yeah, the ball suck. So, yeah, that's fun. And it wasn't until, like, really – like again, say I, I say again for me personally, it was up until like the last ten years when like Derek Rose came on the scene and that's when the Bulls were getting back in the limelight here in Australia. Well at least for me again personally.
0: Yeah, so how you know, who obviously you've got quite a strong league down there as well where a lot of NBA players, you know, obviously um LaMelo Ball's not long been down there as you before he made it to the NBA yep. and is the NBA like big down there or is, is the it NBA more is concentrated true, on yeah so is the, yeah, the actual I'm... your league big as well then in terms of
2: the league you know, what... um has gone through its ups and downs um, like during the 90s like um I don't know if you guys remember Andrew Gaze.
0: No. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: no, you don't, no, don't know Gacy, Shane Hill. Or those yeah, I know. Guys.
0: That, yeah, didn't his daughter just – didn't she get drafted yeah, to daddy,
2: Sky? Yeah, she was, th- she was drafted to Chicago Sky, and then um, obviously they released her at some point. But, yeah, the the NBL here was big in the 90s, and then it had that lull period for a while. There was a period where it looked like the league was actually in a bit of financial strife, and then we had – the league had a new owner come along – And it's just revitalized things a lot. So now and and now it's actually probably bigger than it ever has been.
0: Cool. So uh, who would in your opinion obviously it's probably could be a bit biased, but in your opinion then who's the biggest followed NBA team down there?
2: Ah. Honestly, for the most part in this day and age it's generally wherever LeBron is. Like so <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it was in Cleveland then Cleveland was probably the biggest thing, then they went to Miami and then Miami and and then like, you know, aussie he's gone back to Cleveland and other Lakers. Um but Chicago over here does have a huge following. Like you just go around like even just here in Adelaide, um, you walk you see the streets and there's people just wearing Chicago Bulls stuff. Where it's you know, being a Bulls fan has become cool again. In the last couple of years, whereas everything, you know, prior to that, while, you know, the balls weren't very good, uh, to, to put it nicely, um, everything was like very much LeBron, Kevin Durant, the, the, the big superstar players.
0: Yeah. So whoever's making the headlines, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you've got anything you wanted to ask Neil about Australian fandom.
1: Uh, no, not really. Just, um, what about yourself, Troy? Were you ever involved in playing the game or were you just purely a, a, uh, couch fan?
2: Um, so I play, I started playing when I was eight years old, um, over in Perth. And then I suppose technically, you know, I've had a couple of Periods where, where I've walked away from the game due to like some injuries or something like that, but I'm still actually playing. Um, I'm about to have finished my final season. I've decided that, that that's it. I've i finally had enough. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been you know 36 now. I've been playing since I like eight since I, yeah since I was eight years old. So you know I've been playing for 28 years. I think it's time to hang up the boots once and for all. <laughs> Good stuff. Let like the kids take over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my my two boys they're like division 1 players and like my oldest one he's absolutely killing it at the moment. So now nah, it's time to sit back, enjoy, watch these two develop and see where their basketball futures take
0: Fantastic. That uh, that opens up another question actually. Obviously, we had the what we call the GB episode um with when we had Gavon the other the other day. Yep. And we alluded to how how difficult it is to to get into the game here in in the u k the lack of coverage and all that sort of stuff um and when we were growing up we did, well a discussion come out in the group uh, yesterday about it, how difficult it was for us back in the nineties as kids to to actually play basketball and it seems mm. to basically have carried on um you know in terms of as I said in the episode, if I go to my local park, it's full of drug paraphernalia and broken glass. And I don't want to yeah. take my kids there to bounce a ball and all of that. So in that, so what's it, What's the grassroots sort of level like, I guess? Because obviously it's not your main sport, is it? You've got obviously rugby and cricket, Aussie rules, all them sort of things. Probably that I'm saying, yeah. imagine are above it. Maybe even soccer. I don't know if that's what you call it. but I know that's Yeah, we call bit. it soccer, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah so obviously like AFL here, like Australian rules footy, that's the biggest sport in the country. um like we've actually got the finals the AFL finals just starting this weekend. um but in terms of grassroots basketball, it's actually growing year on year. The sport with in terms of kids playing um is getting bigger all the time, and even the exposure they can they can get now um, to potentially further their careers into some sort of pro level, maybe, whether it be US college, the NBA, even like down here, stay, staying with the NBL, going to Europe. They've got so much more available to them now, which is amazing. Cause, and you probably got the, the likes of like Joe Engels, who is an Adelaide boy himself, um, down the southern suburbs of Adelaide. Um, you know, thanks to guys like him, Paddy Mills, all those guys, they've opened up the window for Australian kids, to get exposed to potentially going overseas one day.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously having a, a national team with, I don't know if not successors as such, but obviously you, they were competitive, weren't they in the Olympics with sort of France and obviously ultimately USA. I suppose that helps. Whereas obviously we've got the Euro going on at the minute. And I saw something yep. that, um, the uk is the only nation that is not putting it on like uh national tv um i i looked into it and for me to watch any of it even though i believe gb are playing in it that's how much coverage there is for it um it would be 499 a game to watch to stream it and i thought it's not a level of basketball on that bothered about watching especially having to pay if it was on national free TV then yeah I'd watch it and to me that's how you promote the national. Well, the game nationally is by promoting the, the national team and it just doesn't seem to happen over here it's, it's that much of a minority sport and I don't think the general public could get behind it anyway because we're not that good so <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why they don't broadcast it I don't know <laughs>
2: Yeah, it definitely helped with us. Like last year in the Olympics, with the Australian team finally winning a medal. Um, like so that, you know, obviously the game was already growing over here prior to that. But the the Boomers finally winning a medal in the Olympics, like things just went crazy over here with the sport. So, which is great to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The call with Tim Sinclair is brought to you by Stump. The new app for iOS and Android that allows anyone to create an instant social podcast. Whether by yourself or with friends, Stump lets you connect, record, and instantly share your conversations with the world. Talk about anything, with anyone, and share it with everyone. It's the social network solely for audio. Download the free app from the App Store or Google Play. Or learn more at GetStump.com. Stump. Your voice has a place. We're going to try and keep the format of the show going. And as usual, we do a player hopes and predictions. So for this one, we're going well, we're going into the dregs, really, and we're going Tony Bradley. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so uh, good old Tony.
0: I mean, personally, as a third choice, I don't mind it. You know, he's gonna come in and mop up garbage and stuff like that. Um But yeah, he's just not not what we needed last year in particular. Uh, obviously he got a lot of game time due to COVID. And he's just as um like people always say, he needs to know how big he is. <laughs> he, just, he just doesn't realise how big he is, I think. and I mean, he's useless with a ball in his hand. He had a couple of good games, or average games, more to the point. Um, but yeah, so I'll throw it to you first, Neil. Where do you stand on him and what do you think will happen this year with him?
1: Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like you say, he's very much a third wheel. Um, he's only really there for for garbage time I mean could it be the next Scalabrini we'll all give a big cheer when he walks on because we know that it's because the game is already over I don't know um but I, I'm I'm kind of hoping at some point that we end up kind of packaging up something um and letting him go letting him go in order to improve and strengthen what we already have um or even waiver him so he can sign someone else at some point but um yeah he need, he needs to realize that when he when he's out there he's bigger than most and therefore all he needs to do, to do is put himself into a position to go shoulder to shoulder with someone who's who's a little bit shorter than him and, and put the ball in the bucket but in regards to movement off the ball movement with the ball um <laughs> he's 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 not he's not he's not great but you know, there's there's no way that we're going to have a full roster and bench um, full of superstars. There's always going to be a few role players, and I guess that's what he is.
0: Yeah, I uh, know. Obviously, Troy, you, you've been quite vocal on the socials about him, so yeah. we'll pass it to you.
2: Yeah, so I can't wait until the, the first six games of the season have passed where we can actually wave him. And uh, I think it doesn't go against the the tax, luxury tax or whatever it may be, and potentially bring in someone who can be more effective in you know f- you know ten minutes of spot minutes here and there, like Carmelo Anthony. You know if the if things are are struggling a bit on the off events off offensive end, just throw Mellow in there for a couple of minutes, get a couple of buckets, and get out again. Um, well as far as Tony goes, like I think as Big Dave says it's about guys knowing how big they are and like you said before he just doesn't seem to realize he's 6'10" 6'11" with a 1000 foot wingspan
1: <laughs>
2: and um just like all you, all you need him to do in his spot minutes is just grab some rebounds block a block a shot here or there just be a big presence in there don't need you to score just grab a, yeah if you get an offensive rebound yeah put it back in the bucket and get back on defense but, yeah, like you said, I think what Neil said, you know, just come in at the end of the game, the crowd roars, like, hey, you know, we've we've absolutely demolished Brooklyn or Toronto or whoever, <laughs> you know, hey, let's even hope bloody Boston or something. And, you know, Tony comes in for those spot minutes and we can all – it's like the victory cigar. Yeah. But, yeah, but ultimately, let's just um, hopefully get him off the team and bring in someone a bit more useful. No
0: yeah. Offense, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then – it kind of feels that he's, we've already got one player that we're kind of feeling like that within Marco. You know, we just don't know where we stand with him. So, you know, we've got potentially four bigs on the on the roster in terms of obviously Vooch, Drummond, Bradley, and then Marco. And two of them, we don't even know what where we're going with them. Mm. Um, obviously, we all want Marco to step up, but you kind of think, well, if Bradley's there, then how does Marco get you know it, is that his level of competition? Is he trying to compete with Bradley for them third string minutes and it yeah he just you, know, you want Marco to know that he's the third, and that he's got to work to become obviously the backup and stuff like that, so I agree with what you're saying troy I think the sooner that we get off him is is the better really Uh, bring somebody in I do we need another wing in my opinion Um, you know a three point shooter that we just didn't seem to fulfil with our off season moves as yet Um, but yeah it's I think it's safe to say that we're all pretty sure he's not going to be here come the end of the year
1: yeah, and I uh, hope so. Yeah, <laughs> unless, unless he comes out and surprises us all uh, in a positive way, which uh, I'm not too hopeful for, yeah.
0: I mean, there was that before he come, there was that tweet by Embiid, will not they Build the team around him, so uh, he was a Bulls killer, wasn't he, before And he that come. was after us,
2: wasn't it? That was after he destroyed us, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean, so it, was, it seemed yep. to pick him up as a Bulls killer and then he's killed us internally, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so he's carried at least he's consistent. <laughs> True. But yeah, we'll we'll move on from him and we'll carry on with the how we normally do it. And we've got Neil's player profile which is gonna be a popular one for you, I think Troy.
1: Absolutely, yeah. We're um the, where else could I go with it, Troy? Only for uh for number 13 and uh, not not the French dude but the Aussie dude Luke Longley good old Luke Luke yeah exactly <laughs> um, so, and I believe he's he's still a man down in Oz isn't he he's, um, he's involved in the coaching side of the national team is that right
2: yeah I believe he's uh, assisting coach with the with the boomers so which is good to see him still involved with the game he, I recall seeing when he um, there was a documentary over here after the last dance. Right, about, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk um, about that
1: actually. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, um, but, have, have you watched that? Yeah,
2: I watched it. I watched the two the two part part of um. Are you talking about the Australian documentary about
1: Luke or the? the yeah, last dance? yeah, yeah. The Australian documentary about Luke. Yeah, so
2: I watched it when it first basically got released. Like as soon as I found out it was coming, it was coming out, and then like there was going to be interviews with Michael and all that on it. I'm my like, yeah. yeah, I've got to see this.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, right, so you're well versed on on what I'm about to go through, then. So that's that's perfect. Um, for for, uh, for our UK listeners and uh, and anyone else that may not have got that kind of exposure to it, I'll I'll go through a few bits here about Luke, and then we'll move on to that. He's uh, he's currently fifty three years uh, old, seven foot two, played center, Um, went to college in New Mexico, uh, was drafted in 1991, and first round pick, and of course, it's our favorite pick of all that we always seem to use, which is pick number seven. Um, Lucky seven. Lucky number seven. Well, not always. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He um, averages with the Bulls. He was 3.7 points per game, 5.3 rebounds per game, 2.1 assists per game, and 1.1 blocks per game. 10 years in the nba uh started out his career in minnesota from 91 to 94 before he signed over to the bulls and stayed with us uh through to 98 then he uh done a couple of years then in phoenix before finishing out in new york uh, and retiring in 2001 um didn't really have any nicknames as such but as we've already uh Naturally dropped into there. It was always a pleasure when he came on the court to shout out Luke. Um, and uh, I have to say, when I when I was over at a game um, and I got to see Luke uh, step onto the court, it actually when you're in the in the arena, it actually sounded like he was being booed because yeah, it was it was such a, it was such a kind of almost a moo from the crowd, it, Luke. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you'd think he was being booed, but um, obviously not. It was his war cry. Um, so, three-time NBA champion with us, and he was also a two-time Australian League champion as well. Uh, he was the first ever Aussie player in the NBA, and as I said, he's still involved in coaching down there, and, and, and you, uh, you confirmed that for me there as well. So, um, as we've mentioned, I don't know, Matt, have you seen the Luke documentary that came out after um, The Last Dance?
0: No, I haven't actually. Uh, I think it's available on YouTube, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's it's, it's a good watch, yeah. Yeah, it is something that I keep meaning to watch, but then I I get caught up recording podcasts and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) and and, and, and
1: sliding into DMs and moving around the the socials, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well... um, for any for anyone at home that hasn't um heard of it or hasn't watched it it is available on youtube i do i do recommend going on and, and giving it a watch because it, it it is a real eye-opener because you know luke got pretty much sidelined from the last dance and i know when i was watching it i was kind of wondering well hang on what about luke longley i mean he was he, he was an integral part of it um the the back half of the the, the dynasty and um and it touches on kind of why. And I've got a quote from um, Jordan, actually, that's from the, the actual documentary itself. Um, because Jordan is, as you mentioned, uh, Troy, he is actually uh, in the Luke documentary. Um, so Jordan had this to say on it. He said, I can understand why Australia would say, why wouldn't we include Luke? And we probably should have. I guess if you look back and say, could I change anything? That's what I could have changed. Luke matters to me. He went through the trenches. We shared a lot. We competed together. I would take him any day of the week. If you ask me to do it all over again, there's no way I would leave Luke Longley off my team. Now, you can't really get much higher praise than that coming from Jordan directly. Uh, And especially as we saw from the last dance, he's uh, got a competitive edge. And unless you earn his respect, he does not give you his respect. So... As far as I'm concerned, that that says everything about Luke Longley and what he ma- what he meant to the team. What, what do you guys reckon?
0: Yeah, uh, well, for, I'll I'll let Troy take it because yeah. obviously
2: it's. Uh, so I reckon yeah, Luke meant obviously a huge deal to that second three P. Um, you know, being the starting center for the most part. Um, as far as that documentary goes, like it was great to see that Michael. Did recognise Luke and going hey yeah we should have included Luke in the in the in the last dance. Um, yeah, Luke's career, like the fact that he was the, this is the first Australian guy to play in, in the NBA and then, you know, selfishly he gets to play for my favourite team and win three titles. Uh, it's pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, Luke had a massive impact on Australian basketball as well. That it helped it help the nba become more of an australian audience as well. Um, yeah, and look just trying to look up Luke's numbers as well. Like you know, he wasn't the biggest stat guy, but you know, he played his role he was he was a vital cog mm-hmm. of that of that second threepeat. Um and getting that pra- that kind of praise from Michael and you know, he earned Michael's respect and as you said before, you know, you've got you've got to earn Michael's respect and once you've got it, you've got it for life. Yeah. So, no, nah, all full credit to Luke.
0: Definitely.
1: What, what do you reckon, Matt?
0: Yeah, um, obviously, like you said, he's not. He wasn't a particularly uh, big stat guy. But when you're on a team that's got obviously MJ, Pip, even Rodman, obviously getting his rebounds. You know, where do you where do you stand on that in that team? You know what I mean, he, as long as he comes in and does his job which he clearly did because he got the respect of MJ from it. Um, and he's got three rings to, to show for it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I'm sure if when he first played with MJ, if it wasn't working, he wouldn't have been there for, well, to win three rings. Uh, Obviously... We've kind of spoke about before Luo Dang how much he meant to us as Bulls fans having that GB link. So, obviously, years before it, you've got that Australia link for obviously with Luke Longley. And yeah, you can Bulls, Aussie Bulls fans, are, I guess, are always going to be high on him anyway, same as we are with Luo. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of obviously highlights and stuff as we always go back to that era of basketball was that hard to for us to watch you know it's just all what we read and or read and um, yeah I mean I'll throw a question out to you both then where would you rate him in uh, Bulls top centres of all time oof
1: uh, okay that's a tough question <laughs> Um,
0: yeah, I
1: mean, the curveballing. Yeah, I, I mean, you've you've got to put him top five. Um, certainly, I, I think I would put Artis Gilmore and and Joakim Noah, and probably Bill Cartwright above him. So maybe four. Yeah,
0: yeah okay, trying.
2: you can definitely see him in the top five. Um, you know, you know, Joakim, Artis, Bill Cartwright. Um, you know, I suppose you probably wouldn't include at the moment not yet um no he's still got you know assume he signs that extension you know who knows maybe he might get into that top five range but you know when you got three championships as a, as a starting center of a of potentially the greatest dynasty in sports history like that's got to get you up in the rankings
0: mm. yeah absolutely uh it's funny you just brought up Vooch, when you were doing it, obviously going the, 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 giving it the Luke, and how it sounded like he was getting booed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, same thing with Vooch.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm say how many times did we see on the socials last year that, oh, why is everyone booing Vooch when he comes on, and it's like, oh well, no, it's Vooch, not... Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I, my opinion was, anyway. Um Yeah. I don't know if that's how we actually come across, because I'm sure <laughs> there were a few boos, but...
1: There there was probably a bit of a mixture at some points to be fair. <laughs>
0: but yeah, I mean yeah.
2: I'll, and like I'll with watch. the whole sorry to cut you off there mate, but even with the um like the Vooch and the Luke thing like we even have it here like in the Aussie rules where um like there was a player that played for the Adelaide Crows, uh Mark Rashudo, and anytime he got the ball they would just like and you think a fifty thousand cra- fifty thousand people crowd and they're all going Roo! like yeah. And he, but he, it sounds like they're building. But like, no, it's Rue. Like, so yeah, uh, yeah the same thing with like with Rich and Luke.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, the only player who probably steps on the court at see at the minute two boos would be Grayson Allen. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Boo would be the uh, the the least of his or the the less sort of. Hostile sounding thing. He's going to get shouted at. Him, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, but, I I think if he even if he were to don a Bulls jersey at any point, he'd probably still get those boos. To be fair, I
0: don't Just think any
1: kind of like the John Stark treatment, wouldn't
0: it? <laughs> I don't think any GM would be stupid enough to admit <laughs> a Bulls.
2: Uh, tourists would never be that dumb.
0: No, but yeah, I think uh, that kind of we've kind of gone away from Luke Longley there. So I think that pretty much sums him up. Um, yeah. Obviously, before we get going, Troy, we just wanted to get your live result from our previous episode's draft. Um, I haven't got the teams in front of me, so I can't read them off. I know you haven't listened to the episode, but you've seen the teams on the Twitter poll, which has now ended and I've won. Uh, We've had (sighs) Tim Sinclair has once again decided he's not going to answer, so Niels took that one as a victory this time. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and our Facebook one, there's hardly any clicks on it at the minute, so we're not recording that one. But yeah, so I'm winning the Twitter one so far. Neil's got Tim's vote. He's also got. He's been paying Gary off, one of our previous guests, to get his vote.
1: No, Ga- Gary is a man <laughs> with sense. That's all it is. Shout out, Gary. Shout out.
0: <laughs> um,
1: well, I've got the I've got the teams pulled out in front of me. If you want me to read them out for you again.
0: Yeah, well I know for the first one we did, you you went with Neil. Um, yes, I did, and I can't remember what was you. Good man, it- good man. Defense that you went with on it for the reasoning. It was, it, it was the defense. Yeah, so we want your live, live uh, vote now. For the previous one.
2: All right, so my vote on this one, and I've done it on the Twitter poll, and sorry, Neil, I'm going to go with Matt on this one.
0: Yeah,
1: oh uh, okay, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the reasons? We Just, like to know uh, the reasons. So we're very futile like that.
2: So, you know, you're pulling on the heartstrings with D Rose there, Neil. Um, but looking at, you know, you got Garrett Temple and Rolo and Rajon Rondo, like, okay, Bobby Portis is a nice little player there you got, but Jimmy Butler, Thad Young... I'll, I'll call it February. I'm going to take that version of him. And hey, Archie did, I can know he's a good little player. So no, nah. I, I think it was Jimmy who got me there on on that.
0: Yeah, yeah that was the reason why I went with him first because I knew that he'd he'd get the fan vote, not necessarily my vote, but the fan vote. So <laughs>
1: yeah, I I think once you kind of took. Jimmy Butler is the first pick uh, of all the current players that are playing in the NBA right now that used to play for us. There's not a whole lot of players that are excelling right now. You know, like you say, D. Rose is 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 more of a kind of heartstring kind of a guy for us Bulls fans. But in, in reality, you know, he's not exactly at peak Rose at the moment, is he? So, yeah, I, I, I kind of understand that that Jimmy was going to swing things in your favour this time round, Matt I'll give you that much
0: yeah well obviously I think we're pretty much calling it a draw at the minute so we've got round three I think we're going to do on Thursday's episode of recording and that's going to be the decider so you've got to count big style then Troy (laughs) (laughs) I'll be waiting for it yeah we're not going to drop any any secrets out yet so you'll have to listen to the episode so but I yeah, can't wait. So moving on from that, and before we get going, we just kind of want—we're going to move on to it at some point ourselves in a bit of depth. But we just want your predictions for bulls for the for the upcoming season.
2: Um, so I reckon even with Lonzo's, even around the surrounding the doubt around Lonzo, adding Goran, adding Drummond's, there's some good depth pieces. I think th- this team last season was on the verge of winning, well, we ended up with 46 wins last year. This team could have won 50 to 55 had they even gone 500 after the All-Star break. Um, so I can I can see them winning 50 games this season, being like a top four seed.
0: So you're not scared of Cavs,
2: <laughs> Cleveland? Who scared of Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> you got two six, one guards in the back. Okay, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's a great player and stuff, but he can't play a lick of defense. Like, even I could score on him. <laughs> um, okay, that's probably an exaggeration. But no, Donovan, yeah. it's NBA standards, Donovan Mitchell's not a great defender. I mean, Darius Garland, he's a rising absolute. He's going to be an absolute superstar. But this coming season, Cleveland doesn't scare me. Like, they might scare me in a, in a few years when they've – Gotten a bit yeah. older, a bit wiser, and gelled a bit more together. But this coming season, nah, I'm not scared of Cleveland
0: and Atlanta. Obviously, with we were to John, to John a. Murray.
2: Yeah, it's a nice addition for him. Um, he's going definitely makes him a, a tougher a tougher matchup. I'm probably more scared of the Hawks than I am Cleveland. Um, but even then, I don't see a problem taking on the Hawks, you know, we've got Trey Young's dad here with Io DeSumu and (laughs) you know,
0: you know, he's picking. He He did?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Io's going to be a phenomenal defender, so you know, with Lonzo out, Io's stepping up another year in the system, like, we've seen the photos, he's all jacked now, he's been working on his game, so I've got no issues with relying on Io while Lonzo's still recovering that bone bruise in his knee.
0: Yeah, so you think top four, health, obviously, dependent, which I guess is... Health dependent, obviously. That's league-wide, well, conference-wide as well, I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, me and Neil won't go into it too much because that's going to be a future episode and future posts on the socials and stuff like that. So... But no, uh I think we'll wrap it up there. It's been good to finally get you on. Um I know you're pretty much nearly bedtime for you now, whereas we're about to start our days, so
2: <laughs> uh, it's only twenty past sixteen now, so
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got haircuts to go and get, so that's that's as exciting as my day is when I could be at Bulls Fest.
2: <laughs> oh, but, if only we could be there.
0: Oh uh, no. So I know. I'll uh I'll let you tell everyone where they can find you on the socials and say your buys and then we'll wrap it up.
2: Well, guys, it it has been an absolute pleasure to finally get on with you guys. I know we've been trying to get this uh, going for a number of weeks now. Um, So basically just on the Twitter um, at balls underscore Troy. um, That's where you'll, you'll find me, you know, that's where I do basically everything. So yeah, no, thank you again. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Thanks, yeah, bro. like Thanks, say, it, it's been great having I mean, finally getting you on. Uh, I know you're obviously an honorary member of our UK community. Um, and as we say to everyone, you're always welcome back on, even though it takes a lot of work to get you on. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> anytime we can yeah, make a way, we'll boys, be,
0: anytime. We'll be back again next week with some more content for you. And as usual, you can find us on all the socials at SeaRed UK.
1: Yeah, thanks again, um, Troy, for for adding a bit of Australian flavour to the to the episode. And thanks once again for everybody at home for hanging out with us here at the SeaRed UK podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us. And until next time, wherever you are in the world, SeaRed go balls. <laughs>